0: Just go whenever. Yeah, we already started recording. Oh,
1: nice. <clears throat> oh. Welcome to Blightbringers, a Legion of Everblight and Shadow Flame Sharp podcast. I am one of your guest hosts, or the guest host, Jake Van Meter, and with me today are your two main hosts, Ryan and Nate.
0: Superb. And hopefully OBS doesn't shit out this time. What is up, my guys? How we doing? Uh, doing well. Excellent job, D. No notes. I love it. Just the sexiest intro we could, have ha- we could have had. Now we just need to get JVM ASMR going and monetize that shit, and we'll be great. No. Nope. Whispers
1: sweet
0: nothing to you. I cast slipstream and go. <laughs> like just, just make everybody so happy at just all at once. <laughs>
2: uh goodness well welcome welcome everyone uh so ryan you and jake uh y'all did a thing y'all went to a con
0: yeah we went, we, we went to the first mate con yeah the first what con the first mate con, con. ah the first mate con. <laughs> <laughs> wow but it took you a second to get there but you got there and i'm proud of you
2: Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather...
1: I got it, Ryan, but I didn't want
0: Story of my life.
1: Not only was it great to go to a con, the Captain con, like the first con I go to at the beginning of the year, but compared to last year, there was a drastic turnaround regarding the attendance and the amount of players playing this time. It was very refreshing to see.
0: Yeah, there was so many. They had six pods going for the feeders. Like... It was insane.
1: Six pods of eight, and then the uh, the team event was full as well. Um, so, and th- this is like triple what it was last year when Mark IV first was being pushed out, and people were trying to adjust to the new army without having the full release schedule. It was very, it was a very dire time back then. But now, everybody seems very positive about the game, the direction it's going, and you can see it through the con attendance
0: Yeah, LVO had a bu- was like decently sized as well, wasn't it? It was yeah, yeah. So, always a good thing
2: yeah. yeah well that's great we love to hear it um before
0: we get into the details ryan jake any upcoming events that you want to talk about uh yeah uh so for me it's adepticon in march uh and then i'm not going to be there but i always recommend anybody looking for a convention to go to Boker in april Uh, because that is rocking, and Seth puts on a hell of a con, and Steve's alright too, but it's mostly Seth. Uh, and then... trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, oh, Sussy Scuffle in October. Three-man team event in Philadelphia, which, like, don't let the fact that it's in Philadelphia put you off too much. Erica runs a great show. Uh, other people are also there probably helping. I don't know. It's mostly Erica as far as I'm concerned, and that is also a great time, so... Check those out if you're looking for things to do in the Northeast around those timelines. Jake, you doing anything fun con wise coming up?
1: Uh, so, Hedepticon next month, Booker Brawl, and then I had to figure out what my next event's going to be after that. And then we have WTC World Team Championship in August this year, first time it's been in a summer. Then I'm doing Nova, you can't forget about Nova. It's uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend I think that is or Labor Day I never remember which one it is it's one of the two in September end of August uh, you got the Siege Labor Invitational. Day Labor Day thank you mm-hmm. you have a Siege Invitational sometime in the middle of summer as well that's down in uh, I think that's down in Tennessee or Kentucky one of the two over there
2: don't quote me on it but I think it's July 24th
1: look at that I would go to that one except for my flight from Boston down there like $800 <gasps> for,
0: oh, for no
1: for no reason
0: that nope don't like that that is that is almost European travel level of money like yes I understand you're going to the south and I could make a lot of comments here but I'll just leave it at that but that's insane
1: we just purchased our first flight of the set to go over to Europe and we were able to get the flight from here to Paris because we're going to go to Paris first and that flight was only 630 going delta yeah
0: it's absolutely insane
1: so, sorry, I love the guys down in the season Invitational, but it's not, I don't love them that much.
0: Yeah. can
2: can always do what uh, Seth and Arvin and them did two years ago and they drove, I think it was like 20 hours. Yeah. Nope,
1: nope we'll not do that. I, I had nope. a, an issue happen a long time ago for one of the warfare weekends I went to and uh, uh, Hollywood booked our flight into the wrong airport, which was four hours away, so at the last moment chuck and i had to drive to warfare weekend from detroit and back and it was not a fun drive
0: Ooh. i hear the barbecue is good though I, I the barbecue
1: think. is decent down
0: there <laughs> only decent god it's good. It's, good. it's good i was gonna say you're gonna get like somebody trying to fight you jesus
1: they're not gonna fight me i don't fight people
0: they they will fight you over barbecue that feels exactly like a thing that would happen
1: Jake doesn't
2: fight
0: people, he just detects. No, he just plays the long game. He's not efficient, not like me and Zosha.
1: No. <laughs> you guys winning top of two and I'm people could be hanging out their caster with nothing, and I'll be like, No, I'm just gonna play it safe, I'm scared. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you play a long game I'm, and me and your wife. My dice what's... might go
1: bad. I'm
2: gonna go for the scenario with... Yeah. Yeah. Jake plays hurts, a smart game. No.
0: We learned yep. at WTC that me and Zosha just play the most efficient game we can, and what's more efficient than murdering a single model, and then the game's over one way or another, and it's awesome.
2: Yeah. Right, it's almost like you love not playing War Machine as much as you love playing War Machine.
0: I like talking about people after to people about it afterwards and being like, Here's all like the twenty ways you could have done to prevent this and most of them just involve you being like an inch and a half farther back, but you were silly yeah. and didn't do any of them, so this is what happens now you're going to know better Mm. eventually people will stop hanging their caster out and then i'll have a sad time but like i guess then i'll have to worry about it until then it's fine (laughs) yep
2: um if i can plug a couple events as well um so i will be also at adepticon also at the book for brawl good fun as always in those two um Coming up in also in April, uh, we here in St. Louis are hosting an Iron Gauntlet qualifier at the uh, local spot where we all play, a shop called Game Night. Should be quite a lot of fun. Also, if you're in that area and you want to have a real blast, come on out next weekend where we're playing. We're doing a blind doubles tournament, and we're playing the cutesy Valentine's Day scenario that PP released in the app. Aww. but with two players instead of one. So, that should be fun. I really um, additionally, I will offer a slight correction. The Siege Invitational is July 20th, not July 24th. So.
0: I really hope for your doubles event that somebody's just running Hazroth and Harusk, and they just put them next to each other in midfield. Like, we respect each other, bro. Do you respect us? And that's the entire game. It's just them wandering up the field, murdering everything together, holding hands, being friends.
2: You get like a bonus if your caster and the other and your like teammates caster are like quote unquote holding hands. Like if you're base to base, you actually get like an in game bonus. <laughs> <laughs> this scenario is so awesome. If anybody hasn't read it in the uh, the War Machine app, I uh, highly recommend. Like if their caster dies, your caster is broken hearted and gets plus three focus fury or essence for the rest of the game.
0: I have to look this up now because this sounds like yeah. This- is the greatest thing
2: it's it's a real goofy one and the table um not to spoil it too much the table that you play on has your scenario elements in the middle of a heart that is made of walls
0: get the get the fuck out of here this is amazing
2: serious dead ass it's in the app
0: i'm literally looking up the scenario right now because i need to see this yeah
2: um but Yeah, if you're in the St. Louis area, come to my Doubles event, it's going to be fun. Uh, If you don't see the event up on Facebook or social media, because I'm not sure it is yet, uh, please message me uh, on the internet or contact us at Flightbringers, I'll be happy to get you into our Discord and get you to these events.
0: Um, Oh my god, it is a giant heart! It's a giant heart! (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's so I good. I love
0: this so much.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Ryan, Jake, uh, so you all went to Captain Con, first con of the year. Uh, yeah, and there was second technically. Second Avio came of the first. Year. Yeah. First, first big one out east, I'd say. Um. And if my memory serves me right now, granted it has been, I think five years since I've been to a Captain Con. Uh which is a really weird statement to make. Uh, It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has. Uh, There's usually some singles events on Friday, and then there's the New England team tournament on Saturday, and then Masters on Sunday. Uh, Did you all play in all of those
0: things? Uh, mm, Not all of the things, no. I played in some of the things.
1: I did one of the pods. I did... uh... Event, and i was fortunate
0: enough to make top cut for masters nice. yeah i, I, I uh, did not make top cut for masters
2: all right uh, do we want to start with a rundown then on friday uh tell us about your pod experiences what you brought points levels and uh maybe not like exact summaries of your games but like general impressions takeaways and some highlights from your
0: matchups jake you want to go first
1: Sure. So there were six pods. Each pod had eight people, and uh, basically what they were doing in each pod to do a top cut for Sunday, uh, which was a 16-person Masters, they were going to take two people out of every pod. They were going to take the individual winner of the unlimited event that was happening later that evening, and then the top team, or the number one team that won the team event. That's how they got their 16 placeholders for top cut for Sunday. Uh, I was in pod one. Ryan was also in pod one, so we had a very...
0: We, we had a lot of conversations about this and I may have told Seth that I was going to burn his house down because he did this to me.
1: So, um... Allegedly. <laughs> i first. This is my first time actually playing physical Chimera models. I played with them on like a war table and stuff like that. But this is, And I, uh, my painter, Alberto, who does a really great job, uh, he was painting my models so I, I didn't get to play with them physically. So this is the first time I had them physically in front of me. So it, it felt nice to actually physically play with the models. But, uh, yeah, the pod was, uh, there were three-round pods, top two from each pod. Thankfully, I got to dodge Ryan, because I, I have not played many mirror matches with Chimera.
0: Also because yeah. you won your games. Turns out that's a big deal.
1: Hey, I, my first game was into Sparkhammer. Um, these were hundred-point oh. games.
0: Hold on. This, this is an important breakdown, okay? So there was eight people in this pod, right? There was me and Jake, both playing Chimera. There was three people playing Sparkhammer, and probably something else, but mostly Sparkhammer. Hammer. Uh, and then there were two dusk people, both of which had Sword Lady and something else. And then there was a random Menoth. That was the pod.
1: Chandler Davidson, old WTC uh, Canadian player.
0: Uh, yep. So super fun. My
1: first my first round, I got to play against Sparkhammer, and uh, I played Rassic, uh, just because the table wasn't really going to be great for Shiras with how strong and overpowered. Just so let me just put it this way: Sparkhammer himself is a well-rounded individual i when you look at his spells and his abilities like i don't think Sparkhammer himself is a broken caster and a lot of people go back and forth on this what i think is crazy about him is that the other models around him right so you got the new uh storm callers you got the artillery pieces things like that and they have like repo three they have like uh they add to each other's uh, attack and damage rolls when they hit they have aoe's now like there's just a bunch of things that they have that they probably shouldn't have kind of tick them up a little too high and then in conjunction you get the rerolls with the spark hammer which makes them kind of rough but I'm kind of going down a tangent now but for the spark hammer and uh it ended up going to time uh there was a little bit of confusion between my opponent and I regarding the scenario points and if he just spent a little less time attacking my last hydrix and trying to kill it to table me uh he would have probably won on scenario but he didn't and then he clocked um my round two was against uh, Chandler Davidson, the meta player playing, uh, uh, he's playing the fire guy. What's his name? Malikus. who Who's pretty cool. And uh, in that game, since Chandler's just now getting back into the game, um, he's still trying to learn a bunch of the new models and things like that. And I had my stalkers up front. I ended up going first, ran up, he moved up a little bit, but he stuck Eye of Truth up a little too far to allow him to be charged by one of my stalkers. And when, and when I got God, there with silence to death, I was hitting a top 15, 15, and he didn't expect he that. Didn't expect so that. I just kind of like shoved a bunch of stalkers in his face and, and had him deal, deal with it. it. His next, next turn, he walks up with the adjudicator on her mouth He his feet and shoots one of my fight packs and almost two shots it, it which with, with the adjudicator with silence importance and additional die damage, he actually probably should have, but he didn't. And then after that round was done, I assassinated this caster with the bite Side stepping onto him. And then my third game was also against Sparkhammer, and that game was a little bit different. Uh, it ended up with the bipex Assassinating Sparkhammer. I don't want to go over like the intricate details. It was, I ran up, he moved up. I positioned, he feeded and shot me. All my death dealers took a bunch of shit to the face. But this was the only game where I felt like they actually did something. Normally they just move up. They're like, hey, I'm really cool. I'm base to base with my warbees. He's my buddy, I feel protected. And then people are like, hey, you're dead anyway. And they die. Um, yeah
0: because, because
1: they that 13 17 or 13 19 if you have dragon blood against range just isn't good enough and uh so i was able to assassinate spark hammer but the games weren't like walked in the park like every spark hammer game i played i, I played them three times over the weekend i won two and i lost one and they weren't easy games
0: yeah so
2: and, uh can i can i get like a tiny bit nosy jake uh
0: who was your third round opponent in the um, in the pod
1: My third round opponent was uh... It was the same
0: guy I played first round I don't remember his name I remember he was Canadian Uh okay
1: Yeah, I played the same person that uh, Ryan played first round
0: Got it I was just curious because he has a
2: great name on Longshanks That I like really wanted to know What's
1: Longshanks' name?
0: He's
2: like the Floopsy Droopsy or
0: something like that Gotcha yeah, he was part of the Canadian crew that drove like 16 hours to be there.
2: Ah. was he uh like one of the guys from Newfoundland?
0: I maybe, maybe. Okay. Uh so yeah, uh going to tangent into spark camera for a minute because uh yeah, it's a little uh nonsense that you can take 6 units of the 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 storm idiots and they basically ignore everything. Like that's that's some nonsense. Uh, more so, I don't understand why the hell he can get out like six upkeep's turn one, and I think that's the part about his entire shtick that I'm like, no, this is not actually okay. You should not be able to put out that many spells turn one. That that's just that, this is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense.
1: If here's the thing, yeah, sure, he, he reduces the cost and put out a bunch of spells, right? But you got to come back. Always oh, got to come back to the storm call ability, right? That thing ignores concealment, cover. The only thing it does it ignores elevation and line of sight. So, realistically, if you think about it, like storm calling, I, I guess you could just talk about it anyway. But you're not going to be like, hey, I think that guy's over there. I'm going to shoot my lightning over there, and you ignore stealth. Like it seems kind of kind of stupid. If you can't see him, you shouldn't be able to target them. It should ignore elevation. I do agree with that. But I think a balancing factor for storm call is just to have it not ignore stealth. There you go.
0: They're only like range eight anyway. It doesn't make a difference.
1: They're range ten.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: no um, I'm no public safety expert or scientist, but I'm pretty sure being on top of a very high thing is not good when you're not when you're like trying to not
0: get hit by lightning, right? Ah, uh, you see, but you could hide under a rock and hold that over your head on the tall thing, and it protects you. Uh. that's how that works. Uh, and
1: then, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, in, and then in conjunction, spark hammer being very very focus efficient, or with the spells and stuff like that. He, since they redid Jackhammer, which now costs his control range cost two, and they can reduce it by one, he's one of the only casters that can still do the old Jackhammer kind of thing. Oh yeah. To use Jackhammer, right? So when you're playing against him, you just have to be very careful and understand threat ranges because generals in the list, he has Righteous Vengeance or the ability where he moves three inches if you kill something within five or something like that. So if you're not careful, you might engineer your own assassination run on yourself by not paying attention mm. to what you're killing.
0: Yep. He can also just casually have an 18-inch control range, which, you know, becomes a non-limiting factor for that entire run as well.
1: But General has to get to you, so that's the thing. That normally, he speed 6 runs 11, 2-inch melee, 13, I guess technically he could trample 9, use the repo card, and have 14 if you're not careful. Um, but then if you give him 3 more inches on top of that, for killing something, yeah. then you're really screwed.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. And it's so he is Matt,
1: Matt 8, right? Matt 8, so, oh, pound 19.
2: Right? Yeah. He's pretty. He's pretty good at slapping
0: stuff. For sure. Like I said, it's just more of the if that doesn't work. At least if it was like you know Calder or something, they'd have to be slightly farther forward, or you can be like, cool, I'm gonna counter assassinate because this didn't work. Sparkhammer can just sit half a board away and be like, nah, I don't care. But he's only if a thirteen seventeen. If you can get there. He's only a thirteen. Yeah. If you can get there, <laughs> he's only a thirteen seventeen. Except he's gonna have deflection and be behind a wall, so you're not shooting him. So like. He's not. Hey. We both know he's not.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert, I tried that in my my semifinal game in Masters, and uh, it didn't work.
0: Yeah, can't imagine why. Uh, so my games were uh, similar to Jake's, except worse. Uh, so I played uh, Sparkhammer round one, the same guy Jake played round three. Uh, Ga-T uh, I think he went first. Uh, I dropped Shira's uh, bottom of two. I got a Vipix onto Sparkhammer after he was Shadowbound. Uh, and I had Hand of Destruction on him, and, uh, once I got there, I realized that I forgot to enrage the Vipix, which was sad, uh, but whatever, it was my own fault, uh, and then I forgot that I had Hand of Destruction there, so, uh, Sparky lived on, like, four boxes, because it's not my opponent's job to remind me of my own spells, uh, so, you know, fire went out, and then he survived, and just went, ah, Shiraz is standing here camping one in the middle of the board? Cool. She's dead. And I'm like, yeah, she is.
2: (laughs) Zap. Yeah. Uh, Round two. What you're saying is that even in Mark IV, uh, Signar into... New New Signar into New Legion. Still a really hard game.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Wyvern, I think, really fixes some of that. And, like, there's some stuff in the expansion box that will also fix it. Because, like, the main thing Sparky, as the example, doesn't ignore is line of sight and boy does Veil of mists help that and so can spinners if you feel like spending the three points on them but more importantly uh, Cinderbacks because they can Mm. just make a cloud so like you don't love giving up a nine point unit but if the nine point unit lets you get the rest of your list to actually be relevant on scenario and positioned to be like no if you come up here I'm going to murder you it feels like an alright trade
2: yeah I'd rather give up a nine point unit than my caster right for sure yeah
0: uh so round two I played into Sparkhammer again. Uh same guy that <sighs> Yep. Same guy that uh Jake played against round one, two?
2: One.
0: One. Uh Is that uh tried and,
2: and true? Guy? Yeah, tried and true
0: right. Rick. He's a cool guy. Nice. Um yeah. I dropped Rassic into this one. Uh Dice kind of shit the bet on me like turn three and I had to get real feisty with where I put Rasik. Uh and he just kind of went, Ah, that's cool. I can win on Scenario, and I'm gonna, like, position to do that, but I'm also gonna murder you just because you came up that far, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Rassic died, uh, but I also lost on Scenario. Uh, that was a very unhelpful table, and my dice just completely shitting the bed, uh, didn't help. But also, Rick lied to me. I'm gonna call him out right now, because he told me that Sunhammer, uh, proc every time you uh, warpathed or sidestepped and he said that because somebody named Jake told him that's how that worked and it's not how it works
1: no 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 I told him to read it and then he said <laughs> moved, and then me being a nice guy didn't reread his rules to be like
0: you're wrong nope he said that you told him that so I'm blaming both of you uh, he managed to hit like three sidesteps on a Vypix he managed to hit the five column every time and just knocked out its spirit before it could get where it had to go and I was like ah cool mm. this is fun this is a fun spell yeah what the fuck doesn't doesn't it's work played incorrectly
1: well. it's the best spell on the list
0: yeah it turns out yeah. Uh, oh. so I don't know who screwed that up if it was you or him but one of you guys lied to the other one and it completely fucked me over so thanks a lot
1: we tried only specifically to, to screw you
0: over I a hundred percent believe it uh, and then my last this, game Can this guy really do
2: a like 16 inch inhospitable ground yep that's hilarious
1: yeah yeah dude, Sparky's he's real good an angry man he's an angry dwarf
0: yeah yeah Invictus was very sad that match because he's like inhospitable ground I'm like aw I don't have Pathfinder card I guess I'm just gonna Mm. move three all the time boo yeah
2: well you still get to energize
0: like an inch right it's not so bad I mean yes it's still miserable (laughs) it's not that's not good
2: (laughs) I, I know I was just rubbing it in Uh, Continue, Ryan. Uh, Round
0: three. My last game was into Dusk. Uh, I got to play into Sword Lady. Uh, That one went to Scenario. I think top of six, I managed to finally pull one out. Uh, Jake was watching part of that game and can attest that my dice very much were at a point where they did not want me to win. Uh, And they, you know, were very much not helpful. But uh, I think the main thing I found there was you can't really play Sword Lady passively because if you do, then it lets people do stuff. You, you, When, like, her feet turn, you just jam her up into the middle of the table and say go for it, and that's how you <laughs> win games. And he did not do that, so I got to play an actual game and win.
1: I, you also lived the dream. I remember Rasik charged into a pocket of three jacks.
0: Rasik got to embrace Whoa. Bonk, and it was awesome. I love any time <laughs> the entire game plan is Rasik charge and just flashing blades five or six times, and this is probably fine. Hence the dice not helping, because it was into, like, three two heavies and a wounded Israfil, and he still just barely picked up the wounded Israfil and one of the other heavies, and I was like, okay, it's fine, I still have two Vipixes that can kill it. He should have done this himself, but whatever, it's fine.
1: Yeah, at the end of that turn, after you, I think you used Hit and Run to get back up to yeah basically only killed one the other two were just kind of standing there and then your vipexes were going in as well and they still weren't doing anything so at the end of your turn you're on like one i'm like oh man you're gonna die <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was, i was just out of sword lady charge range israel was dead one eidolon was i think yeah one of the eidolons was dead and one was on like 10 boxes, but all of the relevant stuff was, like, knocked out. Like, Cortex was gone, and its sword arm was gone, so I'm like, okay, I may be fine. I don't think you can get anything else here. Fuck, you might be able to get something else here. I missed something. Yeah.
2: Sword Lady, having played her a little bit, um, she she can end games by herself. She's a menace.
0: Yeah, she's bonkers. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I went 1 and 2, uh, which is, turns out, not good enough to get into Masters. Who would have thought? But, right. but i'm proud of myself i got 12 uh i got 12 scenario points i don't remember the last time i got over single digit fucking control points so i'm proud of myself for that
2: Yeah, you kind of have to now in uh, these new ones
0: right you uh, know you don't you just kill people top of two and then scenario never matters that's yeah, my yeah. usual game plan yeah i don't know why i forgot for a moment who i was talking to yeah uh, f- full sundit, top of two every time
2: yep
0: yeah. uh continuing
2: so then that was friday um, Saturday was the New England team tournament. Who did you squad up with? What did you play? Go for it. I
1: I ended up squatting with Mark Andre and Blake. Uh, my local Blake plays Wargoth. People know him online. Uh, he's very in into the community, into the war table community. Everybody's played against Blake. He's on Wargoth right now. Plays Infernals, plays Cricks. And then mm-hmm. Mark Andre is... Uh, a WTC Canadian player who has been multiple years and he's a very good guy and so we we squatted up and tried to, to try to take take the team event uh, round one I don't remember all the team names we played into I just remember Ooh, it, I could um, tell you oh sweet do that so that I can
0: yeah, a... I, yeah. I've got this open uh, round one you played into us uh, and that was Musculoid Mayhem
1: oh yeah because I remember specifically telling them I didn't want to play the mirror
0: yeah i know and i harassed blake for 20 minutes because i was like just let me play jake i'm like I, you can beat the other two i don't care give me the mirror and he's like no i'm not gonna do that he doesn't want it i'm like blake i will pay you do it
1: <laughs> i have no mirror games under my belt and i know i would lose that because of that so no i was not gonna take it
2: Disappointing. ryan are uh uh like a type of animal or something
0: uh yes so uh this has been, like, a long-standing joke-ish, like, locally, uh, but, like, I think it was bo we went as uh, 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 oh, it was Ferrets, I think? No. I don't remember where it started. Uh, hmm. it's, it's, it's like a species, or not species, genus of animal. Uh, oh, no, it was... Fuck. What did we start at? I remember it was black-footed ferret for WTC. WTC. Uh, it was badger. I hardly know her for Sussy, uh, yeah. and it was oh yeah, it was weasels war machining for Bokur. and that's oh that's right. for Bokur. That, that, that's what oh, we got. Are that's, they
2: all yes? Those are all musculids? Yeah. Okay. So we're raccoons. Like that.
0: So that'll be the next uh, name. Will be something with raccoons, perhaps, because that's the same family. Uh, but it's awesome. Uh, yeah, we love it. Gotta gotta have a good callback.
2: Yep.
1: So it, it, the first game, I I ended up playing against Brian Bloods, and uh, that game was a pretty close game. These are hundred point games. The the pod in the first day as well was a hundred points, and uh, the boom. I ended up playing against Boomhauer. I played Chiris, and uh, I went first. Kind of took a, the middle of the board. He moved the bl- Brian Blood player moved up, kind of passively to not really allow me to shoot anything, anticipating like a turn two run and feed with all the Marauders, and then that's what happened. He turn two ran at me and I tried to clear out a bunch of stuff and I could kill only, I killed not as much as I thought I was going to due to the feet and the plus two defense and support rolling. Like my stalkers were charging in with anatomical and they were combo striking, they were hitting the seven and then they were like oh sorry, they were charging in not doing the combo strike, I was just doing like two individual attacks and so I'd be like dice off four and I wouldn't kill anybody because I wasn't really nine. So uh moral of that story, just combo striking, just not worry about it. Um, Checks out. So after the turn was done, I ended up killing his two main heavy Warbeasts, but all the infantry was still there. So his follow-up turn, he just, with gang and, a, and fury strength and a bunch of damage and hit buffs, he just started destroying everything I had in front. But at the end of the turn, I still had one Vipex. I still had Invictus. I still had my caster and some other stuff. And I was able to engineer, like, a jump, a move, a jump, Shadowbind his caster, basically, like, right on the edge of her kill box behind a house put some spells into her, and then get a Vipex to move around the house by sidestepping and kill her. Nice. Um, So it took a lot to engineer that, my clock was pretty low, but it was my only out in that game. I was going to lose otherwise. On scenario.
0: Boom super good, so...
1: Very very good. That caster is crazy good, and the stuff around her that she's able to utilize. Like, I, the the Marauders, like, everybody looks at the Marauders, like, 12, 13, like, 5 boxes, but man, those guys are cheap, and do they ever hit fucking hard. Oh yeah, yeah you, you
2: can tell like, them to hide.
1: Uh, I don't care if I, die they die tropes.
2: Yeah, they always struck me as like, they definitely are like, um, like, berserker type. Like, we're, we're gonna go there, we're gonna hit super hard and super accurately, and like, we may die, but, you know, there's like 19 more behind me, so it'll be
1: fine. <laughs> and so... Um, so I won my game, and I, I think both of I think Mark and Blake won their games.
0: The uh, nope, Mark, Mark lost.
1: Oh, Mark, you scr Mark. I was going to call him a scrub. But through the course of our event, we all lost at least one game. So, first round, we ended up taking a 2-1. Uh, we go to the second round, my second round. We played against, I think, the buy team from the first round.
0: Uh, team Definitely. Randoms.
1: Yeah, so some of the members of that were, are some of my locals. They play kind of south of Boston. And uh, oh. my second round, I played against Orgoth, and uh, I think this round we went 3-0. Uh, I played against Sabareth. I was playing Shuris, and I was able to get right in the middle of the board behind this huge piece of, like, like actual hard house, like, lo- obstruction, and I was able to kind of dictate the game from there. And I was able to assassinate uh, Sabareth turn 3, I think. Hmm. So, that game was... Uh, I mean he had two blooms. Like blooms are, are kinda of rough, so you gotta position around mm-hmm. the bloom and, but when you're shadow bi- when you're shadow binded and you get a lot of things on top of the caster, it's uh you're you're looking pretty good. Yeah. Right. So we won that round three oh. The third round we played against the Steve's team. The Steve Jobs' team is no, the, the Steve Aldrich, Jobs. The yes. Steve Jobs team. And uh, this was the round so I played against Steve Rabidou, uh, who's now the team captain for one of the teams for WTC USA. I'm on his team.
2: Your team, right? My team. Yeah. He's my
1: team captain, and uh, it was an interesting game. He played wolf. I played Chiris. This whole day, gay, day, I just played Chiris. I didn't play anything else because I played Rassic all my games on the first day. I wanted to play Sherus on the second day just to play through and see all the bad matchups if there were any. So, um, in this game, I played. He played wolf, and uh, I moved up first turn and tried to position. Like around a cloud effect in the middle to try to like really push turn two or keep him back and then on, he moved up passively on turn two and just kind of stuck out a heavy jack at the front that I could get one docker to charge and then get the unit on him so I tried to go for that but I ended up uh, what, what happened there? I ended up he had shield guard on one of his jacks the cour- courser behind it so I moved up Shira's to put some darts into him and I hit only one of them which is shield guard I missed my other two. Oof. So I'm like, oh, that's terrible. So then after I missed my two darts, I was like, uh, I'll hard cast a Hunter's Mark at you. <laughs> <gasps> so I hard cast it with, with her actually just targeting him, and I hit him, and then I had to feed because I was too far forward. And, yeah. I, and I put it, I had, I had like, a little cloud in front of myself too, and then the stalkers charged in with silence of death, and uh, they did not kill that jack. Cool. The master plus oh, five, dear. five of them. Yep. Um, he was very low. Uh, So the next turn, he kills all those guys, moves up, uh, feeds aggressively in my face, has a huge line of dudes and everything like that. And this is where the turn got fun, because this is where I hyper-focus. I love this turn. So, with his feet and the ability to move his jacks around, I was figuring out a way to try to get Magnus, to get Invictus, inside the middle of the board so that he could Thresher, like, 17 models. (laughs) But I had to do it correctly, because... As I kill stuff to make space, he's moving up his courser to get in the way of this charge. Mm. Because he sees what I'm trying to do. So eventually, after planning it out for a while and taking feet shots to some of my models and things like that, I eventually make the space. I get him in there, he charges. I thresher two of my models and, like, 13 of his models. It felt really cool to do that. I don't know why. I was just so focused on it. He even took a picture of when I was doing it. Um... Thing that happened, though, that caused me to lose the game on Scenario is that after that happened, on his very last move and attack with his feet, he killed one, my only contesting model for his objective terrain, and when Negus oh. shot his solo on the flag and I hit it directly, it was one of the sniper solos, and I was a 14 out of 15, and I left him on one box, which caused me to lose on Scenario. Oh! Yeah. Shit like that happened, and I was like, well... But after his, he moved around his guys, too, like, realistically... You could just get as heavy a tremor on my caster anyway so it didn't matter
2: yeah just wait so until upfront. you uh oh i was gonna say just wait until you uh ribbon is out and you'll have a lot of fun threshering uh, dudes on wolf's here.
1: but that's a three inch thresher yeah i know on, on, a, on an 80 millimeter base it was just really cool to do i was happy i got it off even yeah. though i lost the scenario for being a scrub
0: wah, wah. But, you know,
1: yeah, he played well and uh, took advantage of it and after he moved his last feed attack and killed my guy, I was like, oh, that's... that's terrible. So we ended up... I lost my game that round, but Mark and Blake won their games so that was good. And then we went to our round four.
0: Tremors three. Yeah, back to perfection. The
1: finals, right? Yeah, that was the finals. So we were undefeated going into the final and I ended up playing him this was that These round. were my locals. Oh, yeah. nice! I ended up playing against Cephalix in this round. I played against Exelon. Uh, and, oh, you played uh, Chris, right? Yes.
0: Did, did you kill him yes. top of three?
1: I did not. I think no. I could, I, the game eventually went to like six, five or six. It went pretty long for an MK4 game. But I remember because his threat range technically was much farther than mine because I had to get Hunter's Market do a bunch of stuff like that. Um, I had to like position my Invictus around the objective so that he couldn't pull me on top of it Mm. so that I could like really try to play the threat range game try to get Hunter's Mark try to uh, to uh, energizer him around the objective marker to try to charge him to get that so I was trying to position around that not to get pulled in and lose Invictus because I needed him around to like to really dictate how the battle was going to go and what ended up happening is I moved up some models and moved up my Hunter's Mark guy and things like that and then his turn, I think it was his bottom of two. On his bottom of two. So, um, I'm sorry, my top of two, I ended up Hunter's marking to get a unit of stalkers into his truck, just like, right in front of Invictus, just to kind of, like, mess things up and have him deal with them. And then I ended up, I did end up feeding there, so he couldn't come in and charge me. But he ended up engineering, like, Rube Goldberging a bunch of stuff, killed all my stalkers, and then he moved up. And this is where I get this. You got this at a convention. Do you have to be lucky? Like you could be a great player, but you also need luck on your side. And he ends up moving up his net launcher monstrosity. Shoots my, shoots my <laughs> this is crazy. He shoots my Vibe pick with Hunter's Mark. And he ends up missing it with a boost. Somehow needing a, a boost to six. He rolled a five. So I dodge a little bit. And then because that model, because of where he ended up with that model, the next turn I was able to utilize that model as my sidestep beacon to get my Vipex into Invictus and then into his backline. And then that just started dictating the game. I was able to get Invictus up there. I got a Vipex on Invictus. I killed Invictus. I killed another monstrosity. And then he was down to one monstrosity. Thexus, some drudges. And then he comes back and starts getting up on scenario, but because of how he positioned his trudges, he left no shield guards around his caster. So I was able to move up next turn and then throw darts at him and kill him. Nice. And that was... So I won that round. Uh, Mark won his game, and then Blake lost his game. So during the event, all of us went 3-1. and one, or Yeah, 3-1 and one during different rounds of the game. But we ended up taking it. Spoiler alert. Hmm.
2: Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Ryan,
1: how was the New England team
0: tournament for you? If you are indeed still here, Ryan. He's
1: talking. We see him talking, we can't hear
0: him. Oh, sorry. I muted <laughs> my mic. We're good. Um, yeah, so uh, I played into Jake's team round one. Uh, I did less successfully than Jake did, but it was fine. Uh, played uh, Rassic into Hrusk, Uh and it was a really good game from Blake. I think that one actually went to turn six, which was surprising for me. Uh, it really kind of all just came down to... I Hunter's Marked, uh, an idiot off to one side, uh, forgot that I didn't actually cast Warpath because I went second. So I'd gone up first turn, put up Execration, uh, then went and murdered stuff and didn't actually have Warpath up. Uh, so Mm. then went, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Rassic's gonna go, I'm gonna put up Warpath, uh, and I'm gonna, these other two Death Dealers are gonna go and kill this other guy, and that'll get me the trigger that I need, and I'm fine, uh, the one that was in Warpath range went first, didn't kill the guy, but did, like, six to it. The other one killed it, and then he went, he's out of range, right? And I went, fuck yeah, he is. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, okay, because uh, it's Horusk Feet turn, so I'm like, okay, I can't just, like, casually kill something. So I spent, like, ten minutes trying to figure out a Warpath trigger and then realize I don't actually need it. I just have to Hunter's Mark one of two idiots on either side of a balloon, and if I, can, if I did that i'm can still get in and then that starts the chain uh except then i realized that i had already hunters marked the balloon in the middle of everything so i 100 percent needed the warpath trigger and i just i couldn't get it at that point uh so mm. i ended up moving up he and like running to engage uh feeding uh i ended up going up on scenario for a bit and that just got to a point where i was like yep nope i lost too much for too little uh and ended up losing on scenario uh, Jake obviously beat uh, Andy who was playing Trolls and Rick beat uh, Mark Andre so we went 1-2 uh, and two mm-hmm. that round sad uh, and then round 2 we played into what did we play round 2 oh it was uh, the Halifax guys um, which was a fun group um, I played into uh sparkhammer yet again uh, I dropped Oops. yeah I dropped uh Shiris in well to be fair we fucked up the pairing this round uh so like we put we had put i think our my my friend Rick and his Kator down first and we're like oh because I wanted to avoid sparkhammer and after we did that and we flipped over they're like no we picked the other two matches so like we put sparkhammer down and I'm like well Fuck. so
2: so long y'all it's
0: been fun yeah so i 100 got thrown into spark Hammer there uh it is what it is um but that was i dropped shiris into him um had Valamis this time there was actually like relevant terrain i ended up being ahead on both scenario and attrition but because of all of spark Hammer's nonsense and i had to keep measuring out like the okay Yeah, it was running too heavy, so it was like, oh, General could run here, this other idiot could run here, Shearist needs to be out of both of them in jackhammer range, so like, I spent a lot of time just, like, proxy basing everything and being like, okay, I can go here, and if I, you know, do A, B, and C, then I can get back to this point, and I'm just out of you being able to run a heavy in and get me, and I'm out of line of sight so you can't charge, so like, am I giving you something else that you can charge, and like, basically spending a lot more time thinking about it than I probably would if I had you know any amount of reps into this uh and Mm. it got to like turn four or five and uh it was also payload i think this round which like i don't know if you've played that on clock yet but like that's one where i feel bad for tos because that one is definitely going to run a little long especially while people are still getting used to the scenario packet because like the amount Um. of things that can move
2: i have uh i have issues with that scenario that I'm not going to go into a little mini tangent on, but I would say if you are an event organizer uh, and you have the ability to run a five-round event, uh, don't make payload one of the scenarios that you run. Like, just don't do it.
0: See, I disagree. Um, I really like the scenario.
2: I, so alright Ryan no, no we're first, not we're not gonna go made, into the tangent
0: you, I'm just saying yeah, I like that no, scenario you
2: made this happen
0: Ryan no you made I, I didn't let, let so. me let me finish first and then we can go tangent back to it we're already at 45 minutes
2: yeah keep
0: going um but uh, I, I ended up losing or clocking myself on like turn 5 I think it was um I was ahead on attrition and scenario uh and then just I couldn't get there fast enough because of measuring everything out uh so I lost Rick lost this round uh, to trolls, and then our troll player won into, uh, their Shadow Flame player, so we get the round one and two, uh, round three we got the bye, so I just kind of hung out and tried to deal with, you know, stuff going on at home, uh, and, you know, tried to chill out and not be disappointed in myself, uh, and then round four, uh, we got into... What was the name of the actual team? Hold on, let me pull this up. Uh, the Corpse Tokens 2. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, just a bunch of super cool guys, uh, except they had been playing a man down all day, so there was only two <laughs> out of three of them. Uh, so we basically looked at the matches and said, well, we're not winning anything here, so no real point. Uh, you know, and my friend Andy, who was on my team, hadn't played in a circle, so I'm like, uh, you guys play, and then... Uh, Rick wanted more Orgoth practice from somebody who wasn't Mike, so we were like, eh, you go get that game, and then I'm like, and I'll take the guy who's not even here, so I'll take the technical buy round four, uh, which was super fun. Uh, so out of the entire weekend of War Machine, I played five games and actually won one. Oof. Yeah, it was a rough weekend for me, uh, but we ended up—I—I did, uh— we ended up finishing in 6th with an overall 8-4 and four record, mostly thanks to the bye, just giving us 3 free wins uh, but I think we 3 owed that round so hmm.
1: take that
2: bye
0: woo, we're yeah. doing it
2: so, um, I was looking at the individual results at the end of the, the net and a lot of Brian bloods up there 4-0 it's
0: real good there was a ton of Brian Bloods at Captain Con in general, uh, so like the first day, I was talking to uh, again my friend Andy from the net, and uh, he was in a pod that he's like, yeah, there was five of us all playing Brian Bloods in the same pod. I'm like, oof, well get re- get real good at the mirror, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or
2: you know, don't. But it doesn't seem like you really have much choice.
0: Yeah, he he was talking about it a little bit and had said, yeah, some of these lists that he was playing into were like five points difference between like the two on the table they were that close or it's just like mm, i don't know if that's actually a good thing but all right mm. <sighs> yeah
2: i know they said they tried to do the pods to keep uh people from like local meadows from being paired up against each other um, Yeah. yeah which is like you know this I feel like this is probably pod pairings. It's probably a lot like strength of schedule. It's uh, you know the best worst way to do it, right? There's like no way that's gonna make everybody happy. So you just have to pick something and go with it, you know.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. You know I I will say uh, as just an aside, uh, Seth who was and yeah Seth who was running it uh, did a really really nice job with everything. Uh, He ended up, like, announcing the scenarios early enough. They had, um, gave everybody a pack, like, of paper that was like, hey, here's what all the terrain is, here's what all, like, the scatter terrain is, here's, like, a thing for the measurements for every scenario if you don't want to look it up on your phone or can't for whatever reason. Uh, and then here's, for both the singles and team event, he handed out, like, 3 by 5 cards that were, like, this is the order you do everything in to start the game. From like you show your caster, then you pick racks, then you Ooh, like nice. go went through the entire thing so that people couldn't mess it up, uh and then for scenarios like payload and wolves, uh was very much one of those like okay, like take a look at the table and see where things are, and if any terrain has to move, like raise your hand. So like when we were setting hmm. up when we were setting up like payload, it was very easy to be like hey this thing only has one piece of terrain to grab and it turns out it is five inches towards the middle of the table and that's probably not okay. So we called somebody over and they immediately were like, yeah, no, that is, like, a huge disadvantage and, like, is not a thing uh, and that shouldn't have been... Like, that wouldn't have happened if terrain hadn't been moved every other game but because obstructions get moved when scenario happens. Like, you can't... You, you sometimes just have to move them. Mm. um, Or, you know, like... uh." the scatter train being destroyed by 80 mils and then getting put back in the wrong place like there just wasn't anything to grab so things would get yeah. shifted around a little bit to like allow for like okay you have two or three options for the things you can get and all of them were at least slightly relevant to the kind of army you were playing like you had an okay. option to like oh i'm gonna put one maybe it doesn't go forward but like it moves the object or the train to like the center. Because I'm playing, like, Shadowflame and all of my casters are control range 12 for some reason. So, like, this means I don't have to spread out as far to, like, contest this area. Or, like, to try mm. and block it off. Or if you're playing, okay. like, a flat mine Signar, uh, you could put it far enough back where you could be like, Okay, I'm gonna get probably an extra turn of shooting before you can get here. So, uh, big props, mm. uh, to Seth for the way he ran it and just having all the yeah, little extras there, um and you know everything to make it easier for both the individual player and the team event for how everything worked and how it was going to work like dude did a great job
2: that's great um I, i may reach out to him for our qualifier in april but that
0: it's really good to hear
2: that the to is willing to look at a table like just neutrally and that you were encouraged to look at it neutrally for that scenario. I'm talking about payloads specifically, like before the game even begins and be like, hey, uh, you know, whoever, like the table is set up such that whoever wins the role is gonna like automatically win this scenario. Um, And it's good that there's awareness around that with the TOs, because that is something about that scenario that bugs the Bejesus out of me is like going second, it's already so good. And they gave you like an extra, like, you have an extra scenario element to score on that scenario. And if there's hazard or like impassable terrain or like stuff that the flag can't get pulled to, which is like hazards basically, right? You sometimes either have to keep it put or like jump it forward. And I feel like that puts you at a huge disadvantage. Like, I played a game with that scenario where like, I was able to get my payload to the opponent's flag in two turns. It was ridiculous. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it can be. And I think I, I talked about this a little bit on Discord, so I don't want to go into it a ton right now uh, because we also have Masters to talk about. But I think that's yeah. an important thing to look at for any of these scenarios is just like it, everybody's very used to Mark Three, where it's like, oh, here's the zones, and you can see immediately, like
2: mm. t- take the yeah.
0: extra 30 seconds measure out where like you don't need to know where every scenario element is going to be right like you just you don't like all of them are not relevant for like well i mean they are but they're not as relevant but for like payload or two fronts or wolves like it is really easy to measure out one or two relevant pieces that you know are very game deciding and be like okay where is this actually going to be depending on side and go from there and if you need yeah. to like As a TO or as an organizer, if you're looking at that and you're going, okay, well, the only place for this thing to grab is the middle of the table. That's probably not okay. And nowhere in the rules does it say that that is how that should work. So take the 30 seconds and be like, okay, I'm going to move this around a little bit so that it's at least... You don't need to make it so it has to go five inches straight back. But, like, don't make it so the only option is making it is a significantly yeah. easier mm-hmm. for that person to yeah. a second.
2: Yeah. that That's good to hear and that's definitely encouraging, I'd say. And like the, the ability to for the players to look at it pre-doing any of the rolling and figuring out who goes first or who picks sides and just neutrally saying like, this has the potential to suck for whoever gets stuck with it. Like, I'd rather have a game where neither of us have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, that w- that was, we played yeah. payload round two of the the net and that was literally the discussion i had where it was okay this is gonna suck whoever gets the side so like if we put this here the only place it has to go is literally six inches forward and i will like whoever gets that the opposite side will get it turn one like they will mm. they, they, they the first yeah. scoring turn they're going to get this even if they only get the bare minimum that they have to get because of how far forward yeah. it's going to be like that's not okay so like let's move like can we move some stuff around and we ended up calling uh, a judge over and got everything fixed and it was super fine
2: you love to see it. All right uh, That was enough on that slight tangent. I'm actually very glad to hear
0: that though. That makes me
2: that makes me feel all warm and
0: fuzzy inside. Um, yep, so it was super cool uh, Then we go into yeah. masters and I would like to shout out uh, if I could real quick uh, because you know why not uh, a bunch of my locals because uh, they made it into masters like Mm -hmm. mike rick chris and andy all made it into masters uh which are four of my like local guys that we travel down together and i play against all the time and it was super cool very nice It, it was super cool even though i like i was a little disappointed that i didn't get in because you know my myself and other stuff going on but it was super cool to be like oh yeah people that i play against regularly are all getting in and have done well all weekend and that was just super cool to see so big shout outs and props to them uh congrats Yeah. We love it. So Jake, how'd Masters go? Yeah, take us through Masters.
1: So, uh, Masters, so, Masters is 75 point format this year. Uh, for most of the events leading up to Warfare Weekend. For those that don't know, Warfare Weekend, the invitational final event of the year for that circuit is slated to be 75 points. Uh, the TOs and the, organiza- the other organizations that are putting on the cons, they have an option of either doing 75 points to mirror what that format will be at the end of the year, or they can do their own final at 100 points, however they want to do it. Uh, I know that there is a split group of people who would like to follow what Warfare Weekend is doing, and then there's another group of people that feel like 100 points is just a more well-balanced format. Uh, I could go and talk about that for more than two hours, so I will not talk about that now. Um so, Good plan. <laughs> so for my 75 point, uh, I played Shadowplane in, in the top 16 of Masters, uh, the two casters, Rassic and uh, Shearus. This time I modified my list a little bit to cut down on the points. I changed my Shearus list to be solely focused on shooting with Hydrixes and did not include Hunter's Mark. Uh, thinking that I was just going to play a game where I could hang out towards the middle of the board, and instead of having to project and hit Hunter's Mark and try to set up this just this stuff to happen, I'll just shoot people in true Legion format and then just get them to come to me. Uh, so that's what I did. So my first round, I ended up playing against Andy again, uh, the blood player that played in the team event and I took my takeaways from that game. Uh, and I, so when I play games, when I play against opponents, when games are close or I'm losing, or I'm going to lose a game, or even when I do lose games, uh, I always lose more from, I always learn more from my losses than I ever do my wins or if hmm. I struggled to do a matchup even though I might have won because I got an out and I felt like I was struggling and I still focus on the game and I think about what what happened what did I learn what could I improve so this was one of the games that uh later on after the tournament was over the team tournament I sat there and I thought about it like what could I have done differently so uh, 75 points we both have less models I had three hydrixes uh in the surest list I only played sure uh, actually I played one round, the second round, but I played Sheerus three rounds I took Two hydrixes. They have the flame spitter, venom spitter, and horn piercer. And I took one with diviner and two venom spitters. Then I had two units of, uh, of the stalkers with UAs. I had two units of the shadow mancers to help with the fury on the guys and give them out Islacite, And then I had Ghoul. I think that was my full list. Uh, mm. In this game against Andy, the difference was is that as he approached, because I had different gunheads on my heavies. I was able to reach out a little bit more or start whittling down all the marauder units before the first engagement. So, by the time that he got there, on my turn two, because I went first, I was able to move up. I was able to shadow bind his heavy so that he could not utilize uh Hollowed uh, Avenger or uh, whatever uh, she has. What's that spell that she has?
2: so I think she has Hollowed Avenger. It's uh, almost. Avenging Force. On the- Avenging Force. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's
1: the one that anybody, so, anybody in your battle can move through. So, so she moved up like that a that heavily armored heavy, heavy in a position is where if Shuris wanted to move up and, and reach out and hit, hit one of the, the Marauder units with Hand of Destruction, that this model would, even if I repositioned back, would be in my threat range. So, so I moved up, shadowbound it, hit one of the Marauders through, uh, rough seas. Rough seas. Put yeah, hand, hit, hand hit Put hand, hand of Destruction the, on the unit, feed it, backed up. And then I just spent that round pretty much utilizing my hydrixes to shoot basically one unit of marauders down to, like, one guy. I got rid of the bowl because they couldn't vengeance. I had another one shoot the small pig unit and get them, whittle them down to, like, one or two guys. And then I had the third one also shoot some marauder units. So, at the end of my turn, top of two, he was down to, like, one functioning marauder unit, two heavies, and then some stuff in in the back. And then on his turn, he he got up into me. Uh-huh. I don't. Th- yeah, he didn't get the heavy onto my guys, but he it and kind of ran up and got into a position. And then from there, uh, in this in this round as well, my rack was a little bit different. I did take Carnivore this round so that I could put that on one of the units of Stalkers that were going to go into his feeded Marauder, so that I have a better chance of hitting him. It did cancel out because he did give him set defense with the Booty Boss this time, so it was still I still needed sevens. But uh, my sevens went a little bit better this time than they did the previous game, and uh, basically through through the proper positioning and leveraging the Hydrix's range early to kill a bunch of units, he brought in one of the heavies. I handed Destruction to it, a uh, Silence to Death. One of my Hydrixes with the uh, with the Horn Piercer, I enraged it. It went into the heavy. It ended up killing the heavy because uh, when you're rolling extra dice to hit, you have the possibility of rolling the crit with Horn Piercer, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, it also had uh, the plus two armor spell on it, four to five. Um, oh, yeah. But I did use the blessed card on my, uh, my hydrax, so it cancelled out. So, through the the amount of attacks I put into it, I was eventually able to kill it. And then the game kind of wielded down a few more turns of just me sitting there, kind of shooting and getting his heavies to come in to contest and then taking them with my hydrixes when they came in. Uh, he had, at the very end,. The final turn where I was going to win on scenario because of how everything was positioned, he had to—he had a chance to try to kill my caster. I was on a zero camp, uh, but the only thing that could get to him were two booty bosses who shoot, and they have to the mm. range twelve, pal twelve, hand cannon, and then his caster could shoot me. So he did all that. He missed—I uh, think he missed all three shots—and then I ended up winning on scenario. It was like eleven four. So the game went—I think it went five or six rounds. Like my games, none of my games really. Outside of the game against Steve Rabidou, where I didn't kill the model contesting, and was, and then he killed my model contesting the, the objective of losing a scenario on my turn, a lot of my games went much longer. Uh, so my second game, uh, I ended up playing against Chris Glowacki, who I played in the final of uh, the NET team. And this time, instead of playing Shiraz, I played Rasik and this game, this game went forever too. This game went to probably turn six when I eventually won a scenario. This, The control points in this game was 18 to 13. Oh. Is what it ended up with. And let me tell you, this game, like the, I think the big deciding point of this game was on my turn one, I moved up and I took a, my unit of death dealers. I only had one unit this time, a unit of death dealers, a unit of stalkers and a bunch of heavies. And I put them behind a wall up front next to, like, my picks or something like that. And my Stalkers were on the left side, and they moved up to the boards and kind of, like, had a position where if something was to move up, I have either the possibility of charging them, maybe I can blind them with the Master, who's all the way in the back of the unit, but I position him so that Invictus can't walk up and just blast damage him and kill him because he wasn't in range. So what ends up happening is that he positions Invictus central on the board. He move, he's, he's debating if he's going to move up to allow to be in threat range of my stuff. And eventually, because he's trying to get into a position to where he can threaten with his feed and TK and all this stuff, he ends up putting Invictus within 13 of one of my Death Dealers. I'm going to have to get Hunter's Mark, but if I end up getting Hunter's Mark on him, next turn, he'll be able to get my Hunter's Mark out with one of his net guys. Like, it's unavoidable. So, I go into the tank thinking, is it really worth it to try to kill Invictus right here? Can I do it? So after mathing it out, I end up moving up my unit of Stalkers. I end up rusting him. I use my Hydrix, who moves up, and I give him Bless, and I take two shots into him to do damage to him. And I think I do... I think I did about 10 damage to him in those two shots. Because I was POW 13, I was POW 15, I was off 5. So yeah, I did 10 damage in the two shots. It was pretty average. And then uh, I silenced at death my Death Dealers, and they charged into him, and they were POW... What were they? They were pow 15 pow 17 because of rust finishers so they're dice off five four dice and right there those three ended up killing Invictus. so i got oh, invictus top top of two against Texas, which that, is here that,
0: that's pretty good and yeah. then,
1: but as as planned like the next turn because he on his turn two or on his first turn he was like kind of moving right side with most of his drudges to kind of hold the right side and threaten all that stuff over there he ended up uh he ended up getting my hunter's mark vipex next turn but because rassic's rassic and he has warpath and things like that i was able to basically utilize warpath with swift hunters and sidesteps for the rest of the game to kind of uh, go back and forth and whittle each other down to the point where at the end of the game he had his caster left he had a machine wraith and he had uh Magnus 4 left. And at, the end of, and, at, and at the end of the game, he had those three models left on my side of the board, scoring my objective terrain. And I was, like, <laughs> near his corner of the board with my caster, a Vitex, and a Hydrix. And that's what the game ended on. Dang. It went for a while. But, like, in that game, like, the Hydrixes were doing so much work, they'd walk, they'd walk up, like, shoot a guy, Warpath 3, Swift Hunter 2, melee this guy, sh- and then they would war past somebody else and then he would shoot further and hit like the guys in the back and kill those guys and then he would swift hunter back two inches like the hydrixes were doing so much in that, in that game in, with him in all my games they were doing a lot that's awesome so then so I ended up winning that game on scenario it was uh, 18 to 13 my third round I played against Mark Andre who was the eventual winner of the format he played Sparkhammer into me and uh, we were doing two fronts and I he ended up making me go first so I wasn't happy about that because it sucks and then what ends up happening is i move up and he then he moves up cautiously to not allow anything to be in threat range but he's just in enough threat range even after i ran first turn to be able to threaten my side of the zones or the objectives so i got to figure out how what is the best way to contest the objectives and not just immediately lose for him to push it because i can't I won't be able to stop him from scoring his side, so I had to figure out a way of stopping him to scoring on a, all on my sides on my turn. Uh, so I was able to basically position models on the far back of the points with other models behind them so you couldn't Thunderbolt them away and things like that, but I had to utilize some of my Stalkers and run them in to kind of, I uh, was my insurance, to basically take attacks and get them to focus on them rather than uh, try to figure out a way to shoot my heavies to death. So he ends up taking that, I it that turn too. So he just walks up, to shoots, you know, storm callers have AOEs as well because they needed that. Um, so he kills up basically all my stalkers and then looking at the scenario So then he scores like three points that turn. So then I'm like thinking like, do I realistically have a long play here? Like, can I, can I take some time, get rid of the storm lances, clear the left side of the board, score the four I need there while also stopping the right side of the board from collapsing because i have one hydrix kind of hanging out over there but if i swing if i swing left right now i'm not going to be able to utilize it because shears has to go left so it's like this i'm like weighing my options and at that point i'm like spark is on like four in a trench with deflection and i'm like i don't think i'm going to win this game so i'm just going to try to shoot you so i move up my caster i put blessed on myself so i get through deflection or yeah deflection the plus two defense and then I hit him in the trench. I Hand of Destruction him. I throw two more shots at him with Poison. I end up hitting one of them, I think. Maybe I hit them both, I'm not sure. I end up boosting damage. I don't do a lot of damage. I think one actually just bounced with Hand of Destruction Poison. Boosted his five dice. Uh, dropped the low. I didn't do any damage. And then the other one did like two. And then I shot him with two other Vipixes. Uh One with Double diviner, one with Flame Spitter and Venom Spitter. And one of them did... 13 damage. He reduced it and went down to 8. He took 8 damage from that one, so he had like 10 damage on him. And then I missed all my other shots. Oh. So, lost that game. Um, yeah, so he just... I'm just like, do you want to kill my caster? Do you want to score out? Do you want to do both? Or like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'll do it all. I'm like, okay, you did it. <laughs> uh, so he scored. He went out that one. It was 12-0. Uh, I didn't feel like I had any real... Realistic long play in this in the game. Like if I felt like I did, because like, I never like going for stuff like that, I would have just swung my army one side to try to kill everything and then moved on with my life. But I just didn't feel like it was a possibility. I didn't have the quantity of attacks. And then my last game, I played against uh, Rico playing Kador, New Kador, Wintercourt, and uh, this game was a very close game. It was a very enjoyable game. It was Ekaterina into uh hmm. and it was a very enjoyable game i ended up clocking in this game at the end of the game it was uh, i had 34 army points destroyed rick had 23 i was at seven he was at six so it was a very close game models left on the table at the very end of the game i had a hydrix a unit of i think i had two hydrixes i had two hydrixes one that was almost dead one with the that was the diviner double venom spitter the other one with the the horn piercer was still alive, I had a unit of uh Shadow Mancers Alive and battle Baldoghoul. That's what I had left at the end of the uh at the end of these games. Uh the big things that happened in this game, the fun stuff to talk about, is that he had uh the dual shot shotgun guys move up and they were just destroying my Hydrixes. I thought that was pretty cool. They're hitting me at POW seventeen bolt barrels doing like Eight damage. He was he was really a little above average, but he just three of them alone almost killed one of my hydrixes. It was pretty pretty rad.
0: Um, yeah, they're pretty good.
1: They they are pretty good. I ended up some of the. Like I started scoring up early because I was around my objective terrain. I threw stalkers into his objective, like his models, to kind of have him deal with it, have to kill them. I put another unit of stalkers up next to Invictus, contesting his objective terrain while I was scoring my flags on my side. So I was like kind of pressuring him to have to deal with it, waste attacks while not allowing him to dig deeper into my side. So I was able to score some on his turn, on my points. Uh, The the two things that happened because there was a lot of like time got sucked away from both of our sides because we had very precise measurements that we were trying to do on both sides and I didn't want to like it was so close that I couldn't just be like oh it's in we had to like sit there and actually like separate and make sure it was in or get a judge over to look at it because some of these measurements were really close but some of the cool things that happened in this game is that one turn I had to take a risk with my caster and I had to go down to zero and uh, I went down to zero I had a Hydrix kill one of his heavies And then I had another Hydrix with Silence of Death and Hand of Destruction on Invictus with the Bless card. It went into Invictus, and he one-rounded Invictus. And in one of the attacks he hit, he crit, and he rolled double six on his damage roll, a dice plus eight.
2: So so
1: so So he hit him for 20 in one hit. And the whole point of the list, the reason why I liked this version of the list, the ranged version, is because when they eventually get into you, like, yeah, Hand of Destruction isn't a guaranteed crit, but it helps skew the numbers a little bit more. And when you start rolling the crits, it's very impactful. And you can feel it when it happens. And it happened, I think, twice into Invictus. I ended up killing him with just the Hydrix. So that was a pretty awesome turn of events. And then... Because I went down to zero to make all this happen, he did have his range 15-pound 16 gun on my caster to try to one-shot me. So he he figures out a way to do it, move over his guy, bulldozes my guys out of the way, gets within range, takes a shot, hits me, but doesn't kill me, thankfully. However, what he did do is that he slammed me far enough away that I was out of control range of two of my heavies.
2: Oh, no. And they had, and they had
1: fury on them. So I ended up going down to two boxes. so I I go down to two boxes I'm on none I get up on my turn um, because I don't have to stand up because I'm not going to do anything except for just walk up in advance and cast a spell Uh, what ends up happening is that I take one fury off my guy giving me one I cut for another one down to one life so I only have two fury on myself actually I do think I stood up I think I had to do something did I stand up all I know is I was on one life no, because I, I only had two on me, because I had to move up and cast a spell. So, um... How did that happen? Maybe, maybe I had more than that, because I remember being in range to cast Silence of Death. Because I had to try to kill his last heavy. So I had to, like, figure out, after my guys didn't Frenzy, how I was going to kill his last heavy. Because if I can kill the last heavy, then all he has left is e Arena and the game's over. It was just yeah. heavy E-Cat and, like, like, one support model in the back. So then I had to figure out how to do it, how to... The correct way to either heal my one guy or cast my spell and then when I started rolling attacks uh, my clock clicked so I ended up losing that game on clock but it was a very fun game very close game Uh, I like playing against Rick I think he's a great player he's a clean player and those are the games that I like playing
0: yeah he's a good guy
2: Rick is a a good guy yeah I've always enjoyed my games against him
1: so I ended up going 2 and 2 in masters and i ended up placing fourth based on let me see what the strength of schedule was at the end
0: i was gonna say based <sighs> on strength the schedule and the amount of drops because it's masters and the minute somebody loses a the game they're just like well i'm out
1: yeah whatever i'll take fourth i don't care um yeah. my strength of schedule was 11 which was the highest
2: yep
1: and the next highest was eight nice so masters was fun um things i can say about masters though realistically is that with new sr 2024 75 points feels very very light yeah right in sr 2024 yeah, d- just a little it, there are some factions that definitely can can hang right but i playing chimera in that i did not feel it was one of those things where like you're like yeah chimera i'm going to hang at 75 points on these scenarios now Anything that was wide, it was very hard to, to feel like you had a game in.
0: I mean, it's especially hard when all of your casters are a twelve inch control and the only solo in the army box is four points. So it's like Okay, well, I can't even like throw a cheap solo in here to try and do work. It's like mm-hmm. nope, it's they're they're all costed I don't want to say premium, but like they're they're up there. Yeah,
1: the sign yeah. costed premium. He's a four point solo in a world where like and I'm just going to get a little, go down a rabbit hole for a second. But, like, look at. Get copies. spicy. Two yep. point Volcors. Three point Reaver Commanders. <laughs> like, how can those models exist in this four, game? Four point those...
2: Alexis? Come on now.
1: <laughs> so, in, in, in a game where those models with those stat lines exist and what they can do and provide, you wouldn't think that the science would be a four point model. You don't think that the spinner would be a three point model right the spinner when it comes out realistically should be cost of it too like yeah, you know, I, the I, spinner I, feels like the spinner feels like a one-point model honestly oh, if it didn't I'm have i'm on that pass, train it would,
2: it would be like a one-point
1: model but yeah Capricorn was uh super fun if i had to my take other than the scenarios right the 75 point takeaway that it was kind of hard to play and it feels like you realistically could make a packet of six scenarios for seventy-five, for and for fifty, and for hundred. They could all be different scenarios. Mm. Um, that's how I view it, because it's just the point sizes, and it's just hard to spread and feel like you're doing and committing everything on the board and able to cover everything and be effective. And it's just, I know some players are like, yeah, but seventy-five points, the games go quicker. And you gotta make, you gotta make choices. You can't comfortably get everything that's the argument is that it makes people have to make choices I I don't feel that way what I feel like is that at 75 points you have a, a new I guess you can call them a tier list of, of factions that excel better at lower point values yeah. because of what they're able to bring that's what I think
0: yeah, yeah. I mean 75 is, rewards cheaper are yeah
1: I was
0: gonna say 75 rewards cheaper units cheaper solos that do more work and if you have those things great you can do stuff if you don't well sucks to be you
2: yeah it's also interesting that this packet is the way that it is and you're just seeing like certain rules that would alleviate some of it are just absent right like uh, like there's no long leash anywhere or like extended control range anymore unlike anything
1: Lots of oh. legacy stuff there is, but yeah, on all the yeah, not, new stuff, but like
2: I don't think there's a single Mark IV model that has either of those rules.
0: There, I don't think so. Hell, I would even take like the shepherds herding thing, like that. That would be nice.
1: I Maybe. mean, I guess that's why everybody has access to stuff like Magnus IV. I know he's not really everybody's cup of tea at 75 points or even 100, but having that individual solo that can take a model and run independent of everything on one side of the board it is useful
0: yeah yeah that's a useful module hopefully uh magnus and big pig will fill a similar role or not magnus uh carver carver and big pig hopefully that'd be sweet yeah i'm really
1: hopeful
2: about that uh about carver and big pig for sure like i just they look cool and more like more Magnus style models that are not Magnus, like also, looks cool to me.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, so after Captain Con, after Captain Con was over, I had a lot of time to think, and I want to ask you guys both this right now. Having played Chimera with Chimera, War Table in person, things like that, if you had to rank Chimera today, based on overall power between all the new factions only. Where would you rank them, and why?
0: Between just the Mark IV factions?
1: Just the Mark IV factions.
0: Hmm. Uh, Nate, you want to go first, or do you want me to? Because I think I actually have an answer.
2: Yeah, I have an answer as well, uh, but it's kind of reliant on the fact that I don't remember exactly how many Mark IV factions there are. Six? Five? Something like that? Six. Um, I would put Chimera comfortably, I'd say it's like a toss-up, uh, for Chimera to be third or fourth, um, behind, uh, Orgoth, Storm Legion, and then I'd say toss-up between Chimera or Wintercore, or sorry, um, yeah, it has to be fourth. So, yeah, Orgoth, um, Storm Legion slash Brian Bloods in second, Chimera or Wintercore in third slash fourth, and then Dusk all the way down the bottom. Because I know they got some love, but they just don't feel. I don't know. I I've played a lot of them, Brian, and even after their buffs, I just can't. Uh, I can't. I guess <laughs> I guess is like how it how it shakes out. I just can't. Yeah.
0: Yep. I could buy that. Yeah, so
2: I would say solidly in the bottom half of the new factions, but like, at the top of the bottom. Yeah. If it. that makes sense.
1: So yeah. they're like, out of the six,
2: you'd rank them fourth. Yeah, fourth or... yeah, fourth,
0: probably. Uh, personal opinion, I'd put them at fifth. Uh, my rankings currently are Orgoth number one, Kator number two, uh, Brinebloods three, uh, new Signar four, uh, Chimera 5, and then, yeah, i still put Dusk at the bottom. Um, at least until the Cadres come out for us and Dusk, that might change things a bit. I obviously yeah. don't know, uh, but they're, they're both releasing next month, so maybe the Shard Incarnates and uh, Ghosts of Ios change things up a little bit, but, like, as it is, like... or Orgoth, I think, is the clear winner uh, with their Cadre. They're even sillier with some of these solos and units Uh, and then I think Kador is... I put Kador at number 2. I think they're very underrated right now and yeah, they're very much crutching on Baranova but Baranova real good so (laughs)
2: that's
0: that's a fine crutch to have
2: That's probably a lapse in my judgment. I think I haven't really played against them a ton since SR24 dropped and having a caster with a feet like that and the kind of armor values and, like, number of boxes they can just pack off of the table for very low points. I don't know. My take on SR-24 is, like, your models just need to exist in the threat range of your opponent's shit for a while and not die. And turns out, Kador probably does that pretty well.
0: Yep. Uh, I I will say this all with the caveat uh, of that this is ranking purely between the Mark IV stuff uh and my experiences with like local people uh but like Mm. I think the I'm trying to think of the word here the the stretch between like Orgoth and Dusk is a lot smaller than it has been in previous editions like I think that Orgoth is clearly at the top but I think like the, the distance between number one and number two is not actually that great, and the distance between number six and number one is, like, realistically only a few key pieces, and if those get touched on either January or get fixed in, like, a cadre or something, then, like, that can very easily shift.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think my take in, in putting Storm Legion up that far is just simply um that signar (laughs) signar both old and new is like the himbo faction of war machine they're like handsome good guys in blue who show up they don't have like and they just have good rules and that's like it they just get stuff they don't have to really like I don't have to roll to hit with a lot of things they just get abilities, they get feats, like their their stuff is really good and really solid and I feel like if you then plug a player who like knows what they're doing and is used to playing more tricksy factions and can like see all the angles, like somebody like a maybe a Marc Andre, right? And Plug them into Storm Legion, I think they get really scary, really fast. But I think if you plug like a average or like middle of the road player into Storm Legion like they'll do pretty well until they run into somebody who like knows how to play against them and I don't feel like the I guess I feel like the floor for Signar is or uh, new Signar is like higher or lower than the floor for new Kador like it's really easy to play new Kador and, and not do it well
1: I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So, if I had to rank the new factions, it would be Orgoth, Brian Bloods, New Signar, New Cador, Dusk, Chimera. That's how. I'm, Chimera would be the bottom. And here's the reason why. Chimera as a faction, let's, let's immediately just go to the rack first, the small rack, because I think that's very key in the reason one of the reasons why how i rank them so most factions have a army wide effect for chimera it's execration right so this army wide effect is only a negative to your opponent's attack roll only within 10 inches of your of the spellcaster it's not even your control range which it's only two inches more, but it's extra two inches that matters you have no other army wide effects that you have access to
0: yeah right it's a big thing to not see like a cell or a deflection or something that's just like hey while in control get this buff
2: Mm.
1: correct so everything they have outside of that is all single target model unit enemy model unit everything is very focused on one model at a time coming from legion right this is where the whole battle group side of everything you had all these really awesome abilities and spell effects and just stacking Abilities that would affect multiple models army wide. In Chimera, you can definitely feel when you're playing it That you don't have those layers of effects anymore. So when you're on the table playing And this is super key as well If you're going against an army that might have a defense buff, an army wide defense buff, and they're not living All you have is carnivore on wreck, which means Chimera, outside of playing Shurius and Shadow Binding something You don't have a way of dropping their defense
0: that's not true. What? You you have blind on the 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 master, and you have crit blind on the four point solo. These are totally and viable. Crit shadow blind
2: on the
1: blow darts.
0: Yeah, right? th- th- these are viable yeah. totally.
1: Yeah, I, I still have not taken the blow dart guys because because.
0: Yeah, t- okay, I've taken them like three times, point. and every time they've been disappointing. So I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah. So, your your actual ability to like raise your map to hit stuff it's all based on like living models even the crypt paralyzes like living model so you have nothing to hmm. go against
2: like you robotic. mean you have to roll to fix your mat instead of racking carnivore or carnage and just casting it
1: <laughs> yeah correct and then on top of, is... of that too like you're still like you're 14 17 on the fight picks that's still like a, that's like an angelius downline with, with one yep. more life You're 26 life right mm-hmm you're paying 13 points for it. You don't fly. You don't have eye of the sight. You have to get it of the sight with the uh, the one guy, the, the Shadow Mancers, right? But you're 13, 17, or 14, 17, 26 life with the Viper hat, right? Now you're looking at your, threat, your base 11, your Fury 3. If you pay one a charge, it sucks, but now you're thinking about Hunter's Mark. So now you got to have a model dedicated to Hunter's Mark. It's almost like the Seraph tax, right? But before, you're like, oh, man, I'm taking the Seraph. But at least the Seraph 1 had a gun, had flare right? So it had two useful effects that could help your guys hit. Now you're taking a hunter Mark guy who, it's only target model now, it's not model unit anymore. So in order to increase your ability to threaten farther, it, you're relying on one, hitting them with a magic attack, so that's another rule you got to make. Two, got to hope that you can target the model with magic, because there's a lot of models now that give Jacks and other models magic immunity.
0: Yep, and there's a whole
1: Cadre full of guys that are uh, spell warded.
0: Exorcism on Orgoth and Dusk is rough. Yeah, uh, Exorcism
2: being
1: on the Dusk mechanics is, like,
2: super strong.
1: So, so just those two things. Magic Immunity, having to take the model to do it, and then you have to cast it, and you gotta hit it. So there's three negatives already for your own threat range
0: increaser. Not to mention that idiot is gonna be, like, 12 points.
1: Well, I mean, you could, I mean, you could take it at, what, 10 points is the cheapest, but cheapest like with the house sure.
0: pad? yeah okay so it's yeah it is at minimum a 10 point investment
2: yeah but it also doesn't uh right like the Seraph, even when the Seraph, like i think now is a 10 point investment you still get a gun that you can boost along with it right yep
1: correct so he's yeah so slipstream compared to like hunter's mark isn't like night and day different right like Hunter's Mark, it's way more of an investment. You've got to make attack rolls. It, it, it's all contingent on many factors. The factors are, is there something I can hit target? Is it within range? Can I hit? A Seraph is like, hey, I want to move my model dynamically two inches anywhere in any way I want to. And you're like, I can do that because I don't even have to ask your permission. I'm going to do it. So you, you get to circumvent that immediately. Anytime that you could do stuff on your side of the table that it has no bearing on your opponent making a roll or you having to target his models, it makes your stuff stronger. Chimera, in order to make all your stuff start happening, you have to attack models target models, stuff like that, and that's already a, a big negative, right? The yeah. second thing, going going past the rack, because I feel like the rack is just very, it's very single-target focused. Boy, boy
2: does it wish it was the Orkoth rack. I tell you what.
1: <laughs> I mean, everybody would I think that. every rack wishes they were the Orkoth rack, but. Yeah. I mean, having, having, having Silence of Death, Windstorm and Carnage like Windstorm and Carnage are two army-wide effects like yeah polarizing effects right and then on top mm-hmm. of that you, you can get access to Isle of Sight and, and the F Hunter but I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole I don't want to bitch too much about workout because uh, then I would go on a balloon tangent I don't want to do that
0: yeah don't be that um, guy <laughs> yeah
1: right but so Chimera's Rack is very while there are good spells on their silence Death, a great spell Veil of Mist Fail of Mist is great. great spell Veil of Mist is like honestly like silence does bail and miss are the two best spells in the rack
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: bail and miss is a great spell and i do think that gives it a little a leg up because placing cloud effects in in an edition where cloud effects are more limited it is it is very nice um the next thing is that overall chimera's uh weakness to shooting in general is very noticeable oh my god Jake, I killed
2: a Vipex with a void engine and like one Avalon gunshot in a game I played. That, that is not shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't boost damage
1: on the void engine either. I like boost the hit. <laughs> it, it's rough. So like the guys, they fall fo- the shooting, but then everybody's like, you can take you can take the mo- the model that gives them stealth for a turn. And you're like, well, everybody has access to the, either command card to give you out of sight or some other way of ignoring it in some capacity. And then and even on top of that, um, even if you can't see through stealth, you do have the, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I was going over, uh, what game was I playing? I was playing a game where, oh yeah, 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 I was playing with Paragons. I was playing with like the shield guard models and things like that. And the solos are all costed pretty high, uh, other than Ribbon. I think Ribbon actually borrowed at six points. But everything else, the Paragon, isn't a five point model. It doesn't no. have the output or the defensive abilities to be a five-point model compared to everything else. It's not a Groton Keeper, right? Uh, yeah. So realistically, the like Paragon in that, in that world it of is, models, it, it's like a four-point model at most. It's it like a, a Groton, Groton
2: Keeper if you had a strictly worse version of every rule on the Groton Keeper's <laughs> part. <laughs> I, I like,
0: it ha- looks weird. I, I have to imagine the actual answer... Is that flight is somehow rated way more highly than i think it should be like that's gotta yes. be the reason
1: and then the other solos that we have access to are just
0: disappointed they're,
1: they're just pointed high right they're pointed highly and we just don't have it just chimera just lacks significant protection against range right now there's no army wide cell armor buff to everything in your army you do have occultation people have ways to get around stealth though so it's like realistically what you need you need like a, a deflection a deceleration something like that that can give your army some safety to shoot and that's what you really need yeah Yep.
2: you need a you need a, a battle plan and turn guys into shield guards or something like that
1: yeah you would need something like that and, be, yeah. and because because the i feel like chimera's rack outside of silence of death and uh veil and mist is overall weak i actually think they have the weakest spell rack Yeah, I would would agree with that. I think
2: Dusk is... I think, like... Yeah, I think Dusk is up there as well. I definitely felt it when playing them, that it's like their spell rack is just about, like, making... And Chimeras, too. It's like, uh, with this spell rack, I can make my models do cool things, but I can't necessarily, like, solve problems on the table in, like, matchups that exist for me. Like, with, like, limited... I'd say exception with like, the Chimera.
1: So, like, yeah. with, with Dusk, so like, if you're running into, like, a gun line and you're, like, super worried about, like, you're only out against most gun lines in Dusk, just playing, like, Pellet with deflection or the plus two armor one and then invariable resolve and in feeding and just taking table space and being, like, shoot my guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what i put together. That's what I think, anyway. I'm not a Dusk expert. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, Chimera,
1: again,
2: Chimera seems like a faction designed for a um who's the uh ryan you always know this the magic archetypes there's like the guy who wants to win and there's the guy who just wants to like build a wombo combo rude goldberg thing that works like one out of every five games but when it works it's really awesome that's what chimera feels like it's built for yeah
0: kind of that that's yeah. th- that's the thing i keep finding playing though is that you have the, the way I feel like you have to play it is instead of being like, oh, I have all of these cool effects all the time, is basically you have to set up those scenarios where you're just like, no, you can't avoid every single one of my weird shenanigans, so you're giving me some of them, and if you're not good at evaluating which ones are actually problematic for you, I, just, I get to win because you fucked up. And yeah. it's really good if somebody is either, you're only presenting them like one or two of them, and they can like quickly do that evaluation but when you're presenting like six or seven different like yeah I could get you know this thing here I could get this here I could move all of the shit in weird ways all over the place suddenly it's like okay I can deny some of these I can't deny all of them which ones are actually problematic and do that over multiple turns and eventually you just burn people out
1: and then the last thing regarding Chimera is that as a faction coming from Legion right Legion's faction identity was mainly around the battle group their and you could make some infantry focusless. you could but mainly it was like everybody has battle group spells stuff to affect battle group and, and things like that everybody has something some casters did chimera's focus doesn't seem like it has one yeah there is no focus like you see some spells and abilities that like benefit the troops like rassic's battle plan to get them armor and things like that but there's there's nobody there's nobody really has an ability specific to affecting battle group models only. None of them do. Like look mm. at look at look at Nixian.
0: Hand hand of destruction. That's battle group only.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. Sure. You get you, you got that one. But like even Nixian, this Nixian's feet, It seems like everybody's focused around like Nixian's Feet is prey for warrior models.
0: Yep. Defensive, right. Rassic is defensive strike for everybody, but, like, Hydrixes have, at best, a one-inch melee, and vipixes I guess, have two, if they're the, ma- like, the ones you want to send in. Talon lashers, baby. They're gonna be so good with him. Yeah, lashers are pretty sweet. You're yeah,
1: mad they die in droves to shooting.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, 14-14 is not a stat line that says, I'm gonna survive a hit. Yeah, this is, this feels
2: like pretty classic Legion problems, right? right. Like
0: it's it's a like classic Legion problem without the same yeah.
1: without the same identity, right? It's like yeah, it's like, like we're Legion stat line, and we're trying to be Legion, but we have none of the cool benefits, and we have a lot of other negatives kind of piling on top of it.
2: Yeah, none of the cool things that gave Legion its sort of core identity. I always felt like the core identity of Legion was like um, whatever thing you wanted to not die against Legion, it was too dang bad. They were going to get it anyway. <laughs>
1: And the thing is that Chimera has the capability of getting. So let's say you're going into a colossal. Like, if you're going oh, into yeah. that colossal, that colossal's dead. Like you're going to kill it so with that because its defense is low enough, and you can get your power up high enough.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think for like with if there's like one big important target, that's like a thing that Chimera does really, really well, right? Is like you you just Voltron this like 13 point War Beast into like a colossal killer pretty easily.
1: So, <laughs> the only thing I will say about the two existing casters, not Nixian, because I haven't played too many games with Nixian, um, is that I do like how dynamic the two casters are, though. Like, I love Warpan, Warp has a great ability. It is a battle group ability, too, so you're able to move your cohort models to not your caster. But I do like that type of dynamic play there. He does have a threat increaser. That's based around killing models that you don't technically need Hunter's Mark to increase. And then I do like Shearus because I like how she plays on that weird, like, razor-fine line if you're really trying to get work done, kind of like how old Bale used to. Yep. It just feels like she gets punished way more for it. I
0: yeah. Uh, I will say, from a couple games with Nixion, uh it's really weird how she ends up actually playing. Uh, and it's a lot of just like okay what do like you're picking out a game plan at the beginning of your turn and being like i want to do this but like you have at least four or five options for them and they all seem really viable so like it's very much having to like choose the path every turn and just kind of hope that you didn't make a mistake and pick the wrong one Mm. get Mm. real good at threat assessment if you're gonna main her that's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, that's good to hear. I think, yeah, it...
1: she she definitely comes off as like a higher skill cap, skill cap caster. Yeah,
2: she seems she seems as somebody who played like I played Gearheart pretty. I mean, he was the off list in my Crucible guard pairing, but I he kind of became the main list for about a year for me. Um, that feat is. Uh, when you do it right, it is absolutely pants-on-head bumpers. Like, and hers is a less restrictive version of his.
1: Getting shot with, uh, your whole army at plus two is, is great, but getting shot and attacked by just infantry models at plus two, plus two. I'm not saying it's bad, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's bad, it's just funny how they limited it to just infantry. Yeah. Right. Like you, you don't. I, I, personally don't think they need to limit it to just infantry.
2: I would, I would agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: mean, think
2: it's just fear is like it's just too. Because I, I, also. Small, small side tangent here. Uh, I have a local who has started playing Chimera as, as well. And like I've messed around with them a little bit locally. I've messed around with Dusk, and I'm ultimately like back on Grimtide this year. But I have a local who's playing them, and he's just playing Rasik. And he's just hunters marking, warpathing, and assassinating, and like enraging and assassinating people with bypasses, right? And there's like not a lot that you can do to avoid it sometimes, yeah. other than like. And I've started just telling my locals, I was like, "You need to never camp less than four when you're playing against." I'll use his name, Zach, my my Padawan. <laughs> It's like just never camp less than four and you'll be fine. Like it may mean that your caster is kinda boring and like doesn't get to do anything.
0: But just like don't
2: you know, don't do that. And then he won't try it. I and, mean,
0: that's not at all true. Uh I, I we were talking a bit pre recording, but I got two Vipexes and a Sharkman on four the other day and murdered him. It's yeah. not it's not hard, you can do it.
2: <laughs> it's the it's the difference between getting two Vipexes and getting one right
0: yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, with a valemist you can get two there. just move through stuff. it's easy.
2: N- no I I know. I know. Um, it's he's never gotten two on somebody. He's only ever gotten one but oh. uh, there is a certain amount of like you know people put their models on the table. you put Rassic on the table. two turns later the game is over and <laughs> it's like why why uh? why do I want to play against this? It feels... Yeah, it just feels a little bit like the Moloch Missile, kind of. And, I don't know. I Like, I wish there was a way to maintain that, like, flavor, but with more nuance or, like, more versatility and less, like... It just it feels a lot like the Perdition uh, tyrant from Sabreth right now, like just not not friendly to new players. I guess is where I'm going with this.
0: Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, and I'm I'm
2: nothing if not uh, trying to attract new players and grow my local community, um, and I just have. Some issues with that because I remember how miserable Mark II was when I was like learning how to play, and it just felt like there was like week after week after week of just getting my teeth kicked in and then and like learning every gotcha by getting got by it. And it felt like we moved away from that, and now it feels like we're moving back towards it. And I just worry about that
0: i would ar- i would argue that a certain amount of that is inevitable like that there if you take that feeling of like oh the like the the Vipic sidestep four times to get to your caster kind of thing out you are limiting the amount of play styles and the amount of different things you are allowing to exist because like oh i'm
2: yeah i'm i'm not saying that like you shouldn't Still be able to do cool things. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't no, have a great solution. I, this I'm just a, I'm just. just, just be, I guess like be nice to new players, and maybe people need to pull their punches more. That's. Maybe I mean that's yes, good, that's right?
0: You're playing against somebody who's yeah. new. You know, tell them that you can do it. Show them how, and then don't do it. Yeah. Like play an actual game play. against new people. You,
1: you could you could go through the steps of it. You could still be like okay i'm going to show you this you do it and you roll it out and you show it could happen and then you rewind it and go back and be like i'm not doing that and now let's play like this isn't happening so that you can get more experience but now you now you know it exists so you don't now you, you've you been informed yeah
0: yeah and i mean at some i point, guess it's at some point every new player is going to say okay i think i remember everything stop pulling the stop pulling your punches stop pulling your kid gloves <laughs> and you're going to go okay and they're gonna forget about something, and then you're gonna hammer them with it, and be like, "Remember when I told you about this?" And they're gonna be like, "Yes." And you're going to be like, "Okay, you wanna try again?" Yeah.
1: <laughs> you will always learn more from your losses than you will ever learn from your wins. Period.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Is that why you were dodging me all weekend, Jake? Because you didn't wanna learn that lesson?
1: <laughs> Dude, again, this is the first time I put down my physical chimera models. Like, I needed all the help I could get. I didn't have to play a mirror match that I would get smoked in. I, mean, I was I mean,
2: going to say, uh, the worst mirror match I can imagine is uh, Sheerus on Sheerus, because like either one could kill the other basically any time.
1: So they're just hanging out away from each other the whole game?
0: Yeah. The, both of them nope. are standing exactly 20 inches away and just be like, nope, fuck you, go away. Nope. Nope,
2: nope, nope. Yeah, it just sounds awful. Yep.
1: Playing playing a new faction, like so this is the first time I played a new faction at a convention. Since I've been playing the game, I've never I, I played other factions at local tur- tournaments, but never at a convention. So I felt very out of place and different. It felt very off to say the least. But it was exciting. I, I like to ex- play with the new stuff, and it gives me a little bit more to look forward to. I did you know I own Dusk. I bought Dusk. I, I just bought Brian because I think they're pretty stacked too. Uh, whether or not I play them, that's a different story. But I have them.
2: I made my assessment of them versus dusk before their, uh, before I messed around with their expansion box and before the dirge and the battlebrig came out and like boy did I choose incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, that happens. All
0: right. Uh... Yeah,
2: they went from like I was like oh this faction's like cool but like I don't know it doesn't seem like they're crazy and then like <laughs> those releases came out I was like oh this faction's
1: bonkers.
0: Alright, you guys got anything else? We've been going for almost two hours.
1: Yikes, that's a long time of ranting, sorry. Nah,
0: it'll get cut Uh, down a bit in editing, but it's fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, We'll actually all see you at
0: Adepticon. Nice. We're gonna hang out and get drinks and talk about how the best way to win the game is to assassinate casters, right? I mean,
2: I was hoping more that we'd, like, Wingspan, you know, do stuff like that.
0: I'll bring Captain Sonar. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> there you go. Did
1: you cut stream?
0: Okay. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Talk to you folks next time. Bye. Bye.